no laughing anymore. This is not a fun podcast. This is a super serious, all wonderful Metapod podcast that revolves around the evolving meta. 100% serious, no jokes, no memes, no kappas, nothing. Just hard, cold facts, information. Bringing it to you live. Well, actually, it's a recording. It's not live. John, <laughs> I mean, how are you doing today? <laughs> I was about to say, it's not live. That's incorrect. I'm good. I'm good. It's been, I think we said this last week and we're doing it again this week. We are both so busy, so busy, so busy. I had a crazy weekend and uh, this this upcoming weekend is going to be crazier. But I, Sean, I did a couple things. One, I got... A Digimon booster box, finally, from Australia. Fancy. All the way from the other side of the world. That's how far you had to go to get one at a reasonable price. (laughs) Yeah, it was like like under $100 of anybody on eBay. So I was like, um, yeah, I'll buy it. So shout out to the Australians. Y'all are the real MVPs for being cool. Um, And then I competed in a legacy tournament, Sean. Did I tell you about that? Oh, no, I did not know that you competed in, in one of those. I... On Friday night, I played in the PTCGO Tournament Series Legacy event. Uh, shout out Will Post, giving me uh, three X-Ball Mewtwo's, a Burbank City, and a Garbotoxin so that I could build the X, so that I could finish building the X-Ball uh, Landorus deck during the Mewtwo Wars, Sean. Oh my. I-, I know nothing of these wars, but I can only imagine that getting these cards is... Having played, like, I played one set of games with um, uh, Stefan, I think Stefan Erickson, yeah, and I, for, like, one of his videos, and there was a few cards I needed to get, like, X-Transceiver, and they're, they're not even that old, but they're old enough where I was like, these are not on the trade. This will be mm-hmm. horrendous. I was, like, buying old codes for, like, what I could find and, like, just spending all my coins. It's rough, man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you got to spend your coins anyway on the Heart Gold Soul Silver pack, so then you can get those energies, right? Yeah, you got to bling out. But any, I I went two and two. I was pretty happy with two and two. Start out zero oh and two, and then won the last two games. Which I, I'm I'm happy I won at least one game, Sean, because I just randomly on Friday night, um, in the middle of the soccer game that I was watching for our university, I wasn't covering it or anything. Cause it was like the JV game. Um, all I have to make sure is the, the broadcast doesn't explode. So I <laughs> entered in the legacy tournament and, uh, it was a lot of fun. It's really cool. It's a free tournament. So why not? It was much better than, than uh, standard. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that that's very true, but hopefully standard is going to get better. Um, but Jake, do you want to get into some of the quick, well, actually, let's get into the reviews. Jake, Jake, let me know that we got a massive <laughs> influx of reviews after the last episode. So, uh, we are humbled. We are. I humbled. think it was like eight reviews. It's... Y'all, we made a call to action, and y'all did eight reviews. It's an incredible jump that I looked at today, and it was like, oh god, oh wow, okay. We and honestly, like our video, our last episode had nothing to do with the TCG, Sean. <laughs> You're you're rewarding bad behavior, viewer listeners. You're, <laughs> no, I mean, it's truly incredible. It really is awesome. So, like, we will we're gonna uphold our end of the bargain. We're gonna start making these video video podcasts that will go up on Jake's YouTube channel. Uh, we will start doing that though after Battle Styles comes out officially. So, not this week's pod, and not next week's pod, but the pod after that. The reason behind that is uh, Sean Sean has a very small window of recording today. So we're like, forget setting that up. You know, we'll just we'll put it off. And then actually next week's podcast has already uh, kind of been uh, recorded. Half, half, <laughs> half recorded, so, uh, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Sean, do you want to read the next review? Or do you want me to do it? Uh, did I? Who did? I did the last one. So this is yours. You, you take this one. All right, so I will be reading Grant Marshall's great podcast five-star review from February 23rd. Man, we have so many reviews to go through now. February 23rd seems so long ago. <laughs> One of the top PTCG... Uh, whoop, start over. One of the top PTCG podcasts. The hosts have great chemistry and are super knowledgeable. Thanks for making the commute to and from work that much better. Grant 
I hope you're on a commute right now. And I hope one, you're driving safe, but two, <laughs> I hope you're having a great day today. Thank you for the review. Yes. Thank you. And you know, I've, I've heard this a few times now, like people talk about our chemistry and, um, I've been rewatching Breaking Bad, so uh, that that name that that word means a lot of things to me right about now. But I hope that we're a better pair than Jesse and Walter White. Uh, but anyways, that's some for my Breaking I mean, Bad fans out there. That was an award-winning show, right? It was. It, they were a great pair from an acting standpoint. But if you think about like the in-show, oh boy, that was a toxic relationship. But well, no. well, well, let's think about it this way, Sean. You and I are entertainers in a sense. This is true. Broadcasters. And people say we're very knowledgeable, but <laughs> I, I don't know how they think that about me. I'm just a dude that just sits here and talks. I'm not, I'm not that knowledgeable in the game. Sean, uh, though, Sean, Sean makes up for it. Sean's got the big brains. Sure, sure. Anyways, we got a lot of different things to talk about today. A lot of uh, heavier topics, I would say, today. But first, we're going to go over a little bit of like rapid, quick rapid product strike. reviews. <laughs> rapid, oh, rapid strike, strike. Reviews. Whoa, you know what i didn't even try it first of all sean speaking of product reviews i did not put this in the notes so this is spontaneous did you open up a pre-release kit of battle styles i did i opened up four kits actually four. yeah four kits okay. so 28 packs in total um in terms of my kits i got two bronzongs which i'm very happy about i didn't get any cherims a little sad there not uh, a single cherim no 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 cherims in my in my kits but uh, I will. I I think I got pretty lucky in my ratios because I got seven hits, and that's like V or better. But out of those seven hits, only one of them was a regular V. The others there was wow. two full arts, two V maxes, a gold single strike energy, and a rainbow rare Phoebe. You know that <laughs> is insane because the so we've gotten this expectation with like shining fates and vivid voltage having amazing rares in them like like the hit rates are high in sets right mm -hmm. and now we're in battle styles we're like we're dipping back down to reality of like you know regular like six hits in a booster box six seven hits whatever um and so i've really only seen people have like one two hits in their boxes or anything so the fact that you got so much like full art and ultra rare like past the v's that's actually incredible and multiple pre-release kits yeah i i got one of them was a full art urshifu v so i feel single <sighs> single strike urshifu v so i feel compelled now to build a blinged out single strike urshifu deck i also got a uh pre-release kit it wasn't as beautiful as yours but i did get the <laughs> houndoom uh promo which ah. i'm very happy with uh, didn't get any octillaries though. That's a little saddening, but I just had a little uh, Corviknight V in mind, which, okay, I'll take it. I've definitely had pre-release kits where I haven't gotten a hit, so I'll take at least one, but um, it was really interesting. Did you notice the uh, the cards that were in like the evolution lines? Yeah, it was kind of wonky. They were like, I thought they were coordinated. They were kind of, I don't know, like having opened up a few of them now, like I feel like there was some coordination, but like one of them, I got Octillery, right? That's the one that I got when mm -hmm. I actually, I actually played quote unquote in a pre-release. I was at my local game shop. It was just me and the people who worked there and we just streamed a few battles. Um, mm -hmm. But my kit, it came with the Octillery, Octillery lineup, but I ended up getting, I had more single strike energy in that pre-release like kit not the packs just like the kit oh, really? I, I had two single strikes and only one rapid strike but it was a rapid strike themed thing you had a rapid strike energy yeah i had one rapid strike in there but i was just like this is a rapid strike promo and i got the 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 mind foos or whatever it is too and i was just like but you only gave me one of the energy and two of the single strike energy and it just kind of felt like what how what am i supposed to do with this build like it was just it felt like it was weirdly split between rapid and single and you're not pulling quite enough of the rest to make a good deck per se. And mm -hmm. so it just, it felt a little awkward. I will say that because this set has that split mechanic, which is the first time we've seen a proper split mechanic in some time. I do think it makes this pre-release format a little weird. I, mine must've been heckin' coordinated as heck then. Cause I got 
I got the Houndoom, and then I got the Houndoom line, Evolution line, which was really nice, and then I got the Crobat line. Uh, oh, but shoot, I got yeah. I got a bunch of like single strike stuff. I didn't get any rapid strike things. My oh. thing was all coordinated to single strike. I mean, that's that's lovely. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was just like I got a weird pack that was just <laughs> just not themed well. Um, yeah, that's weird. I would have. I mean, especially with the double, like you were saying, I I would have expected it to be a little bit more coordinated. Yeah, I mean. I, I would have thought so too. I think they wanted people to be able to have the choice based on what they pull, which like mm-hmm. I understand that notion a little bit, but like the deck that I ended up building was just kind of like uh, weird, man. I, mm-mm, mm-mm, it was not good, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. You know what else does? I'm just kidding. This does actually <laughs> this matter because I think matter. this is kind of cool. We got the level two deck sean do you remember back when we got the level one blastoise and venusaur decks yeah the only product still sitting on most game store shelves <laughs> <laughs> well now we have a level two deck in the form of a league battle deck inteleon v max sean level two including v maxes now it's for intermediate players as they say it's kind of similar to the other ones in the level one, one ready to play 60 card deck, including two V's and V maxes of Inteleon, a deck box, coin markers, damage counter dice, competition, legal coin, rule book, code, all that jazz. This Inteleon is supposedly a, just a reprint of the Rebel Clash one. They're not making like a new art or anything like that. Um, but interesting that they threw the V max in level two. So Sean, Real quick, what is level three? You know, I, I've given this some thought now, and I'm actually, if we think about level one being there's a Blastoise and a Venusaur, but you don't get the VMAX one. And I think the Blastoise and the Venusaur, is it only, you only get one of the Vs maybe in the deck? I don't know that off the top of my head. When you keep explaining, I will look it up. Okay, well, I think for me, the theory behind that is like, obviously they're not going to print theme decks anymore. That's, I think, been confirmed. So... A level one to me seems like it's like a theme deck and they'll probably print them though with like these, like at least one V card because like kids like to buy, you know, fancy shiny cardboard and a V card is going to be more appealing than a typical one hollow. Right. So to me, like the level one is just theme deck with like a slightly nicer front card. Um, Level two if you're noticing this, this is like it's a 2-2 line of Inteleon VMAX, which is not really a fully baked deck, right? Like, it's still going to be inferior to the version of this deck that probably exists in the world. But I feel like level three is the spiritual successor to the League Battle decks in that those decks should, you know, if you if they're built right, they should be built to be nearly comp- competition ready, meaning like you can buy this thing and yes, it's not going to be perfect, but it will be good enough for a league challenge or a league cup maybe. Whereas like, I don't think this Inteleon VMAX deck would probably be good enough for one of those. Um, but the league battle deck certainly are. You could rip and bring that to a challenge or something like that. And probably, you know, if you know how to play it, you could probably go, you know, two and two. <laughs> I have a couple different ideas of where this could go. I have idea number one. They had two decks in the first one. They went back to one deck in the second level. I feel like level three, because this is going from like beginner to intermediate to advanced. Advanced. I feel like it could be like either a dual deck with V maxes. Or it could be like a Players Cup champion deck. I like that. I like because that like we talk a... about getting we talk about getting like more and more um, competitive, and so like what else says advance than like a deck that's actually won some sort of tournament? You know. Now I don't know if it would be more so the uh, the decks like the world championships decks where like you can't actually use those cards in a competition it's more like just have these cards because they got the different backs and whatever 
Um, but I think it would be really interesting if they use like a player's cup deck. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that that's that's actually a really nice call out. It's like if it's the deck that won, and you could even like Pokemon I think has been doing a much better job at involving a bit more of the community. Like they have the um the video Top series. Deck Academy. Yeah, they have the 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 Top Deck Academy. And they've been bringing more and more creators and players in to write articles for them. I know Tord and Stefan Ivanov have wrote, written articles for them. So this could be an opportunity for them to, at least for the North American and like the TPCI, not Japan, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for them to productize the people in the community that are having success. So to your point, like it may be that they do Players' Cups. It may be that this is sort of a plan before COVID and now like, but like, you know, if COVID hadn't existed, maybe this would be like what the NAIC winner is the level three, right? And you actually mm-hmm. have like a little bio of the winner, like on the back of the box or something or on the inside. Um, that could be like really interesting. And like that's a whole other reason to like play in these tournaments and win because then your deck is forever immortalized. And I don't think they would change the backs because for me, the world's decks changing the backs, it makes the product... Uh, it wouldn't be a competitive thing. And these products seem to be for actual competitive play, quote unquote. So, yes. Yeah. It'll be interesting. This comes out. The level two comes out on May 21st, Sean. So we still have like over two, we have like two and a half months until we even see this thing. All right. Well, I think it's interesting (laughs) because it was announced. It's coming out just in time. Well, just in time for them to announce that team up will rotate. And Pikaram will die. That's that's when it's coming out. Pikaram. No, no, no. More importantly, ADP will die. Yes. Sean, True. Please. But for Inteleon's sake, Pikaram needs to die. A, uh, a box that is coming out much sooner than the Inteleon. Actually, no. This is releasing on the same day. Oh, my God. I'm pissed. Um. Anyways. Tyranitar V and Empoleon V tins coming out called the V Striker tins. They're revealed, showing Tyranitar, a single strike V, and then Empoleon, a rapid strike V. Coming out on May 21st, same date, $24.99 USD at MSRP. In this tin, you'll find one of two foil Pokemon cards, either Tyranitar or Empoleon V, five Pokemon TCG booster packs, the code card for the online trading card game. I've heard. According to PokeGuardian.com, which is where I'm getting this information, the European version could potentially contain four booster packs, the traditional tin design instead of five. We saw with, I think it was Shining Fates, with the Cramorant, the Bolton, the Eldegoss tins. Mm-hmm. Europe got only four packs. They got shafted. Well, I think it's because of the tin design, right? Like the tin design yes. in, in North America now is a different shape. I am not sure if that... It probably has something to do with how the large distributors and retailers, um, like the tin design and the way that it can be shipped and packaged in the UK or in the EU, I should say, mm-hmm. they either haven't renegotiated for these new sizes and shapes or the distributors did not like them <laughs> or did not like the price points maybe. Uh, but yeah, in the US, Walmart and Target are always going to be happy to take a product that's $5 more. Because $5 more MSRP is like $2, you know, ish more in, uh, in profit for them. So <laughs> they'll always take it. What a world we live in. Yeah. The, uh, the promos of Tyranitar and Empoleon will also be alternate artwork promos from the Cards in Battle Styles releasing here in a week. Yeah, about a week and a half from now at the time of this video airs, or not video, podcast airs. So. That's kind of cool. I like it when they do alternate arts in these. We saw it with like tag teams. We saw it with um, like Shining Fates. We've seen it all these other times and they're just continuing that, which I really, really like because I like the Empoleon art. I think it looks good. I'll be interested to see if and when they do an Urshifu uh, tin. They may never. They may never, but because I don't know. I I think it makes sense to do like a to do like a rapid striker shifu vv max box and then like how like how dragapult and whatever that other pokemon was 
Actually, Crobat. you know what? I'm thinking about it right now, Jake. Maybe there is one that's already coming out between now and when these come out. And we've just forgotten about it. I feel like there, there is. There I feel like be. there is an alternate art Urshifu V uh, of both the persuasions, rapid and single strike. And we may have talked about it before. So I- I'm going to assume that 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 is happening. <laughs> There's so much going on in terms of like product releases. It's hard to like keep my head on <laughs> it's a, true on in the same spot. But you know what is crazy, Sean? What? Pokemon Go. Coming into the Pokemon trading card game with a crossover this summer. Professor Willow from Pokemon Go coming to the TCG this summer. If you don't know who Professor Willow is, maybe you don't play Pokemon Go. That is essentially the Pokemon professor in Pokemon Go. It's to celebrate the Pokemon Go's fifth anniversary and Pokemon's 25th anniversary. Niantic will reveal the card in late May. All these things are in late May, Sean. Niantic will reveal (laughs) Professor Willow's card, presumably a supporter, in late May. I mean, to me, this one, there's something really interesting about bringing in the lore, specifically from Pokemon Go, into the TCG. Um, Because that leaves open the possibility that other aspects of Pokemon Go world lore building, like Team Instinct and all the other team names, like... Is that eventually, does that all come into, uh, into this world or I I don't know, like, I don't know how much in the Pokemon go world is particularly new, but I'm sure there's some of it, right? I will say Niantic says this will be quote part one end quote of their collaboration with the Pokemon TCG. So Sean, it looks like we might be getting more. Ooh. And you know what I bet? will happen because Pokemon Go is all based on AR, right? How much Mm -hmm. do you want to bet that there will be some connection to this card if you put your camera over it in Pokemon Go? So like a e-reader type card? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's a spiritual successor to e-reader in that you don't need any special equipment because everything's already built in Pokemon Go. So the card will just look the way that the card looks, but through like, you know, not facial recognition per se, but the same technology, it will be able to see the card and be like, oh, I know what this is. And then something will happen in Pokemon Go. I, I think that could it's be a really interesting It's like clap. scanning a QR code without having a QR code. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. Um, and Because like you know exactly what the card looks like. It's, it's, it's a static thing that you can program into Pokemon Go. So I wouldn't be surprised. I'm, I'm going to put my little, my call in now, my prediction in that there will be a crossover the other direction where if you... Use the card in Pokemon Go, something happens. My tinfoil hat prediction, whatever. I'd put money on that Professor Willow's discard draw seven. Ah, <laughs> Professor's research Willow. Yeah, it's just going to be, yeah, that's what I think his card is going to be. They're going to be like, oh yeah, we're announcing this card. And then all of a sudden they're like, Professor's research. Ah! <laughs> and then everybody's like, I, I prefer Juniper. <laughs> yeah everybody's still like man but Uh, aren't we getting a sonya like aren't we getting professor's research sonya in like a future set i don't know about sonya i think we're getting juniper again because we have magnolia oh no no no. yeah it is juniper yeah it is juniper came in shining fates yeah i just haven't opened enough of shining fates (laughs) you and everyone else who listens to this podcast probably yeah this this isn't the logan paul podcast so Nobody on our podcast is, can afford that nonsense. <laughs> but you know, Sean, well, I don't know how to transition this effectively, <laughs> but Sean, this is kind of in turn to the more serious topics on our podcast. Australia and New Zealand return to Pokemon play. This is off of Pokemon.com. Players will once again be able to compete in in-person tournaments at Play Pokemon stores in the regions of Australia and New Zealand. Returning on March 6th, so at the time of this recording, it has already started. Now, there are still regulations and concerns that um, Play Pokemon is still trying to have. There are Play Pokemon COVID-19 requirements. And if you actually read them, it's, it's pretty good. It's not just like they're saying, hey, go, go play. You know, they have they have these regulations. They have these um, they have like an FAQ 
these different things for a store because like we've mentioned this a couple times on the podcast before um a lot of stores are heavily impacted by players not coming in like they they account so much for well yeah players like, come in and and you know people just buy stuff when you're in a store and you see packs you buy it um uh, now yeah. I will say there is a bonus to not bonus, but there's like a, a weird silver lining to the fact that there's not enough product available anyway. So it's, it's like, I don't actually know if really think about this. If we'd had events during an era, during a time when there was a distribution problem, like there is now like a shortage and you played and you couldn't get packs for participating, like what would even happen? Well, the packs are submitted. The packs are sent. I believe by TPCI, they're like here are prize packs. Oh, that's true. They do have some prize support for like cups and challenge. Yes, yeah, they have prize support. But what I'm thinking, what I'm thinking, and Sean is like, I go to my local game shop a lot. Um, not to play. We haven't had play. I just go in just to, to like look. <laughs> say hi. You know, I look, I look to see if they have anything. They usually don't, but I see that they have singles all the time. And they have new singles like every time I walk in. So like if you're a store that still has singles, like, I mean, yeah, it sucks that you don't have any booster boxes or, you know, Shining Fates tins anymore. But, you know, that's still that's still a way for people to come into the door. Yeah, that is very true. Um, You can still sell those singles. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, so this is a good thing it, it, for Australia, like assuming that they follow all the regulations and. And Jake, did this mention whether or not these were like quote unquote sanctioned events, meaning like for points, or is it just like Pokemon is saying you can now run your normal league nights um, and like start reporting them and using our software, but like there is no, the, the season's canceled, so there'd be no reason to give out points, right? Well, in more play Pokemon news, this is still off Pokemon.com's uh, press release that they put out. The new Pokemon event manager has launched and will help professors and tournament organizers create and track play Pokemon events. The initial version of the new PEM is available only in English. Event organizers in countries outside Australia and New Zealand can continue to test it. But please note that team challenge tournaments will continue to run with Tom software. This almost sounds like, Sean, that... Australia and New Zealand is the perfect guinea pigs to continue trying this out yeah. in like person. Yeah, no, I, I think you're, you're hitting the nail on the head there. It's like safe enough for them to, to say like, yes, go do events. And it's a great place to, to your point to like actually do in-person testing of this. And, you know, funny thing, Jake, you know, this isn't the reason, but a lot of software companies actually will release their, beta versions of apps that they don't want in like major countries yet to like test it. Mm-hmm. They'll release it in small countries like Australia and New Zealand in particular first, man. It's like, it's like Pokemon knows what they're doing. Sean, Wow, <laughs> who would have thought? I mean, um, honestly, like sometimes that's a surprise. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it's, I mean, they printed ADP, <laughs> right? Uh, anyways, if you're wondering, well, you know, why don't players just fly to Australia or New Zealand? You obviously haven't read the, uh, (laughs) the conditions to be able to travel into Australia and New Zealand. It's virtually impossible for anybody not actually from that country. So I don't think it's going to be a huge issue. Um, I don't think there's enough Pokemon players in general for there to be like, this is the reason our country spiked and whatever. Cause these countries, they, they've got it down. They they know what they're doing. They've been taking a handle on everything, and I wish we could be more like them, Sean. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, like, you know, they'll do this in Australia, and I don't think it will have any negative impact because the caseload there is so small, and the player base there is also small enough to where it's very manageable. I think that... I did see this. I did see... Oh, sorry, you continue oh, no, with your thought because I have a question that I want to ask you. Well, I mean, this may lead into it. My My thought was, though, like, the next region, right? What's the next region to open up? And my gut tells me it's probably um, a bit of a rolling approach in Europe. Uh, Europe is a bit too... It's hard to say Europe as as a whole can open up all at once because 
it's not really a monolith when it comes to COVID. Some some countries are doing better than others. Um, and obviously the UK is much more in lockdown than maybe some other places from what I hear. So, uh, but I do think Europe would be next on the list. Then I'm actually going to guess that would be Latin America just because the population density is a much smaller. Mm -hmm. And then I think, honestly, I think North America is last on the list. I 100% think that they're last on the list. But Sean, so the CDC said earlier to, I don't know if you saw this, this came out like just a couple hours ago. Um, the CDC came out and said that if you have you had your full round of vaccinations, you can hang out with people without masks inside. You can hang out with other people inside without masks and pretty much as long as you're inside, go back to normal. So with so that coming out and vaccines are being distributed, vaccines are being, you know, my parents just the other week got their first round of vaccines. You know, teachers now getting a higher priority on vaccines. Shout out for making that happen. But do you think that there's play Pokemon just like, yeah, even like not for points? Do you think that it happens in 2021 now that we're seeing these yes. new, like we're seeing Australia, New Zealand open up? We're seeing, you know, these new things from from the CDC. And vaccines are rolling and are going like crazy right now. Yeah. I mean, barring any sort of weird, you know, mutation of, of COVID that would set us back, which would be bigger than Pokemon, but barring anything like that, I think it's, I think I've mentioned this on like another podcast earlier too, which was like, I think that come August, September, Pokemon will roll out play events and, and start with league challenges and even play events for points and just be like, Hey, new season, you get to roll all your points over from 2019 and we're just going to start a new season. Uh, they may, honestly, they may actually not roll points over. They may need to start a whole new season again because of all the seniors or juniors who may have aged out of their division. Yeah. They, there'll be like two years right. still in the division. They may, they may literally with that one, they may just say, it's not fair to give juniors and seniors the points to age up, or maybe they just do, right? They may just say any juniors and seniors points, if you aged up, those are now your points for masters, or they could just call it fresh. But I think August, September, new season will launch. I think Pokemon will plan to open things back up then because in the US, at least the vaccine rollout plan now, it has, there's enough vaccine that will be out in the world where it will be reasonable to think that the majority of the population will have at least received one to two doses come maybe August or September. I think here's my suspicion. I think if we come to a point to where in August, you know, September we can play IRL events again, I think in order to sign up for a challenge, a cup, you have to show proof of vaccine. Here is where uh, uh, I don't I don't know if you can actually do that, but I know the I, I haven't gotten a vaccine or have gotten any notice about when I get a vaccine because I'm young. I'm so, I'm not I'm not up in the priorities right now. So but here's like, he, I know people have cards. Right? I'm sure people do. I'm, I think if anybody out there who's listening is more of an expert on medical law than I am. Please uh, tweet at us. Oh, does that involve HIPAA? <clears throat> yes. I think there is a HIPAA law that will say that you cannot, as a private organization, you cannot you know, ask people if they've been vaccinated. That is private health information, PHI. That sucks. And look, it, you know, people might still do it, um, and it will just come down to whether or not the government chooses to enforce that specific rule, right? It may mm. be that the government says, yes. Normal circumstances, you cannot ask people to have a vaccine for anything. But this is not normal. These circumstances are not normal. So if business we haven't had normal in like two years. Right. So like, but it, I, I think that it will, what I think will happen though, is even if the government wants to turn a blind eye, the second anybody gets asked for a vaccine, they refuse to provide it and they get denied service. That will go as a case to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court will rule that you cannot force somebody to prove whether or not they received a vaccine. And, you know, 
so I think that that will not be a thing Pokemon gets into because Pokemon as an organization is far too conservative. So yeah, I don't think they will do the vaccine requirement. I just like, man, I don't want, I don't want people that don't believe in masks I mean, and you stuff saw, like that to be shown up in my local shop. Dude, you see like Texas and even Florida right now, like people There's are like having 13 states that took off the mask mandate. And I'm just like, people are having events. Texas is fully open, quote unquote. And, you know, you know, sorry to all y'all folks in Texas. I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm from Texas originally, so I can have an opinion about, about this, I guess. But I'm like, it's a bit wild, man. It's a bit wild. Um, yeah. And it's crazy to think that having these opinions is quote unquote political, but you know, yeah. that's a bit of the world we live in. I just want everybody to be safe and I want people yeah. to stop dying. That's really what it comes down to. It's not to. worth it. Pokemon ain't worth that. Yeah, I've I've held out a Pokemon IRL events this long. I can as long as I need to. But anyway, Sean, I think that's enough on that topic. I'm sure we'll get more updates here within the next couple months. But one thing that I do want to talk about, this is a video that hit social media pretty hard um, and hit the Pokemon trading card game community, whether you're a player collector whatever hit pretty hard i think this released on friday yeah end of last week end of last week frosted caribou who if you do not know is a youtuber content creator of the pokemon trading card game especially it doesn't really specialize in anything specific on the trading card game does you know competitive stuff does collectors i think she does a really good job of getting collectors into playing the game that's like her oriented goal she says is getting people to play the game from going from like, wow, I got a wishy-washy GX to going like, oh, wishy-washy has 210 HP. Mm -hmm. It's a water Pokemon, you know, like that type. She released a video called, how did we get here, essentially? And she talks about the timeline and how essentially we got to the point where people are doing all, like everybody's doing all these breaks. The vintage market has exploded. It's impossible to find Pokemon cards right now. Yep. And Sean, I want to get your, I don't, do you have like strong opinions on the video? I, I kind of want to know how you thought of the video before I get my opinion. I mean, overall, I would agree with Caribou's assessment of everything, right? Like she did a great job, I'll say, of like, you know, clearly mapping out all of the like basically the how we got here a very high level version i'm sure people will have nuanced views of it you know oh actually maybe she left out this or whatever but broadly speaking i think it gave a very good view of starting from 2019 when shining fates shine no, pff, hidden fates release good god when hidden fates released and everyone went crazy for shining charizard all the way to now when you can't find anything in store basically uh, she gave a great overview of that, which I think set everything up. And yeah, I think that her broad assessment is that, um, you know, a, a big assessment she made was that too much of the creator community, um, and I'm talking mostly about the big creators that don't have anything to do with the competitive scene. Yes. Um, the pack openers. And, and, you know, like, you know, we've had real breaking Nate on the show too. And uh, I don't think that Nate is actually nearly as I, I, I know we might be biased for we've had him on and we've chatted with him, but I don't actually think he does this uh, to the same degree. But every headline and title talks about like whatever something is worth. Right. And Leonhardt is super lovely as a person. I, you know, nothing against him as a human being, but his videos now are all just like about how expensive the thing he's opening up is. And yeah, it starts to turn. Pokemon cards from being something that people enjoy that may also be worth some money. Like nobody in Pokemon card collecting denies the fact that, yeah, things can be worth money. That's cool. Like that's part of the benefit of collecting, right? But mm -hmm. it goes from that to being entirely about the monetary value and the transactional value of things. And that is just, you know, as a person who enjoys the cards and Carib and Boo said this too, it's gross. It's just gross to think of it like that. And it also, it, it brings in a whole element of uh, buyers 
that have not dominated the scene before this. Jake, I, I've, I've said a lot, though. How, what do you think? I would agree there's there's probably a lot of, like, nuanced things that um, people will say about the video to, like, devalue it, I guess you could say. But, I mean, like, really, I watched the video, and I tried to watch it without, like, looking at my phone at all, like, fully listening and thinking about it. And the only, like, real thing that I had was like a super small nuance thing that really doesn't matter. But the timeline was really, really good. I think Gary V personally was the first person to start this influx when Gary V posted about his PSA nine, I think Mewtwo from base set. Mm. I think that's what really got everybody thinking Pokemon because Gary V is held as this genius, you know, person. <laughs> um, and he said, start investing, investing, investing. And then all of a sudden, I think that was around the time, like right after Hidden Fates blew up. Uh, yeah, he might have done. I think some, when Hidden yeah. Fates, yeah, I think it was that. Did we go over that? No, we didn't no. go over that. We haven't been. Doing we haven't this been around a year. that long. Yeah. Yeah, but anyways, I think the video is actually really, really good. I think she gives some good insight in terms of she's worked at a card shop. Mm -hmm. You know, she's done. She knows how like a card shop works. She knows how people get product from distributors. She knows how like those interactions go. Whereas Sean and I, we just sit here and we're like, <laughs> we why have the opinions. hell are you charging 150 bucks <laughs> for a pre-order booster box? Like, bruh, I, I will say this. I, I have as of after Shining Fates, because I pre-ordered some Shining Fates, but now until this dies down, I will not be pre-ordering any more product from any store. Apologies to my locals. I, I mean, I, I love you, but like, I cannot, I cannot abide these pre-order prices. Pre-orders are there partially for a store to guarantee sales, right? They exist mm -hmm. so that stores can understand the demand and, and make sure that they order to meet demand to a degree, um, and right now it's actually flipped on its head where pre-orders are like, it doesn't matter what the price is. You just need the product. And I'm just like, no, no, they're going to keep reprinting. This will eventually, you know, this too shall pass, right? The craziness. And I think Battle Styles is going to be the set where collectors finally, finally realize that not every Pokemon set is all about stonks because there is no chase card in battle styles. I'm sorry. I, I saw somebody listing a um, alternate art rapid strike Urshifu VMAX. Lots of words there uh, on Facebook marketplace and being like last one on eBay sold for 300. And I'm just like, that card ain't worth 300. It ain't Charizard. What you doing? Set's not even out yet. That's why it went for 300 on eBay. But I think people will quickly realize that these battle style sets, they don't have amazing rares. They don't have a giant, Rainbow Chonkachu. There's no Charizard, right? Mm -hmm. And these prices of $160 plus a box are not tenable. And I, I would genuinely say, I think battle styles, prices will come down. I, you know, I don't know what the next set is necessarily going to have, but I'm hoping that Pokemon keeps it in their pants for one more set and doesn't put another Charizard into a set. No, I, they'll have evolutions. Uh, oh, yeah. I wonder if the Eeveolutions will be in the next set, but maybe. But still, Eeveolutions are not Charizard. Eeveolutions are not Pikachu. They're still popular, though. They're popular. And yeah, the Sylveon will particularly, you know, will be popular. Umbreon is the most expensive shiny in uh, Hidden Fates. True, but it's a shiny. There will probably not be shinies in that either. So You don't know that. That's true. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I do, but I think things will start to come back down to Earth. They'll get more of the reprints out. And I think that will leave a lot of these scalpers and people who like really went hype on pre-order and holding and trying to resell. It'll leave them holding the bag on a lot of product that's not worth something. So, but yeah, I, I'm done I, with the pre-order. <laughs> I personally think that this just revolves all around into we're in a pandemic and things like had to stop. I really think that if we had like normal printing, stuff like that, normal allocations, right? We hear all the time how allocation got cut, you know, the last couple sets. 
the champion's path, you know, vivid voltage, shining fates, battle styles, maybe even because they just can't print fast enough. You know, they do like Pokemon just can't print fast enough. So I feel like in a regular year, this wouldn't be as bad as it is. Yes. Right. We'd still be able to find product on the shelf. Yes. Probably gone a little bit, but it it wouldn't be what the pictures are now where there's literally nothing. I think you that know? you're right. I think that Champion's Path and Shining Fates would still be a problem. And I think that our specialty sets seem like they'll maybe be a problem for a while now. Hidden Fates was impossible to find the yeah. first several months that it was released. Oh, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that specialty sets will continue to probably have that value because Pokemon will continue to put chase cards in there. But outside of that, I really do think I agree with you. I think eventually things will settle back down. Plants are going to open back up um, the printing plants. And yeah. And, and then, you know, a lot of people will be left holding the bag on modern, which, you know, the modern spike right now, even for things, maybe like evolutions, that somebody's going to realize somebody's going to be left holding the bag at the top of the bubble and it ain't going to be pretty. I will say though, when I went to get my pre-release for battle styles, I had to work on Saturday. We had lacrosse games that got scheduled from like 3 PM to noon. So like because of pre-game and stuff, I couldn't go to my store when they opened at 10 AM. Mm -hmm. So after the game, after I got everything done and I was like, you know what? I'll just go to my local card shop. I'll, see what singles they have, see if they've got anything. Didn't expect anything at all. Mm. And they apparently still, at 5.30 p.m., still had a ton of Battle Styles pre-release kits. I can. I remember Vivid Voltage pre-release kits, because of the Charizard, were they went out so fast. I can tell you, the local that I was at that day, um, on that Saturday, they still had a whole case and a half full of pre-release kits when I left at 4 p.m. Yeah, like it's it's really interesting. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this is going to be the first set that we have where we can actually find, which is awesome, but also kind of sucks because we've talked about how like people opening up these packs like crazy have made it like easier to get singles. Yeah, because a lot of the like playable singles and stuff and things not labeled as Charizard or Pikachu are like incredibly <laughs> cheaper. Um. So there's the upside of like, we'll be able to find packs and stuff, but there's the downside of, I don't know, maybe, maybe the rapid strike Urshifu VMAX is going to be like a $20 card. I mean, maybe we'll see if it's uh, I still think all those prices will start to come down. I really do. And I think that, uh, you know, I think Boo said this too, but Boo gave a shout out to also all the players specifically and the content creators for players, um, which, you know, spiritually, she, she didn't mention us, but spiritually, I'll take that compliment as this podcast, as Metapod. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think a problem is as well as the content creators just not. I mean, I I realize it like when you're a big tuber like Leonhardt. Leonhardt's a really good example. If your clicks, if you're getting a lot of clicks because you put, you know, opened base set two pack video pulled $500 card if that's getting you more clicks than opening up a vivid voltage booster box like you do what gets you the clicks right I mean yeah like it's you, your business yeah he he operates as a business exactly so like I get it but I agree in the fact in when Frosted Caribou was saying how they're not like talking about scalping they're not talking about these flippers and how and how people have transitioned from the love of Pokemon, but they like they also can't do that without like losing people, if that makes sense. Yeah, I will say like it's easy to point out Leonhardt because it's just he's such a he's large the biggest channel. one. Or no, no, he's, he's not the biggest a, one. I no, think no. Unlisted Leaf is the biggest one, right? Uh, Unlisted Leaf or Max Mofo might be one of the big. I don't know. It's Max Mofo is on another level. Max Mofo is great. Love that guy. <laughs> he's, he's, he's so great. Uh, but I think like you know, it's easy to 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 call them out. I think Leonhardt though, he does a lot of vintage openings now because he. I don't know. I I don't know how on his YouTube revenue he can afford these things after this long. But you know what? 
you know, maybe maybe he got a lot of money from a great aunt, uh, you know, Ethel, uh, who, who left him something in the will. But so I, I don't know if he's really as much of a problem for modern scalping, because that's really the thing that hurts the average person is, yeah, we can all be upset that a base set box now is far beyond most of our reach cost wise. That's fine. Uh, but you know, that just, that just happens with any hobby. Things eventually become big enough that the average person can't afford it. Same with magic and all these other things. But the fact that the current product is the way yeah, it is. The current product is non-existent. Yes. And I think that's what, that's the grossest part of this. And I don't know if Leonhard is as much to blame. Cause like I said, his big thing right now is vintage um, He's not helping. He doesn't help. He's I'll, I'll grant you that. But like all the people that can't afford to do what Leonhardt does, but still want to get them clicks. It's like, well, then I'll just do it with modern. And it's like, oh God, stop talking about Pokemon. Like they're stonks. They're not, they're not. <laughs> stop. It goes uh, back to Gary V's Instagram post where he said, invest in Pokemon cards. And he showed off his base at nine Mewtwo. Yeah. It all wow. goes back to that. I truly think that was the beginning. Well, truly, Jake. truly think so, Sean. Uh, but yeah, shout out again to Boo for for giving the the players, like all of you who listen to this pod, uh, some love. I'll try to remember to put a link to that video. It's a long one. It's like 50 minutes. So settle in, grab a hot cocoa, whatever. Uh, but it's really good because it, it like talks about the topic that people like want to complain about a lot, but don't want to like get heavy into. Yes. I think it's interesting. I, I highly encourage that you watch it. Well, Jake. Uh, you know what the beginning <laughs> is, though, Sean? What? I don't know. Not this podcast, because we're at the oh end of the God. podcast. <laughs> that transition. That <laughs> transition. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, we'll catch you all next week with a, uh, a special episode that will be... Uh, yeah, you'll hear about it. You'll hear about it next week, but we'll give our thoughts about... Rapid and single strike um, with some special guests. And then the week after that, we will we will have a video version of this podcast. So so stick around. Thank you again so much for the support, all the wonderful reviews. But that doesn't mean you can stop leaving reviews. <laughs> that doesn't mean just stop. Okay, continue leaving wonderful reviews if you have not already, even if you think we're a four-star podcast or a three-star podcast. Let us know. Give us some, uh, give us some, some thingamadoodahs. The, uh, the, the critiques. Criticism. Yeah, feedback. <laughs> give us constructive criticism because Sean and I work hard on this podcast. We, we're busy freaking people. You know, we take time every week to do this. And you know what? I, I, I want to improve the podcast. So boom. But we're on our way, Sean. That's true. One. We are on our way and we are headed out. All right. See y'all later. For you everybody. critical role. <laughs> <laughs>